Hey guys, it's Renee from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. I was joined by Ryan McKinnell this week. And we also talked to Robbie Fox from Barstool Sports, who was on the ground in Texas for WrestleMania 38. And it is official. Cody Rhodes is back. We share our reactions to the return of the American Nightmare to WWE on the biggest stage in pro wrestling. Here it is. From Barstool Sports is Robbie Fox. Robbie, welcome to the show. I hope you feel like that was a proper introduction to give you a little oasis to bring you in. I know you're a huge Oasis fan. I follow you online. Uh, I, I believe that's one of the one of the other common grounds you and I have, aside from being uh, sports entertainment and fight fans in general. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being on the show. I'm the Oasis intro, of course, is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite bands of all time. What's your favorite Oasis song? Yes. It's got to be Live Forever. I've got Live mm. Forever on my collarbone there. Oh, tattooed. hell yeah. So I like that. Be that is, one. And then, like, as far is, as the uh, rock and roll Oasis tunes, it's supersonic. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be supersonic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm, we'll, we'll have to literally do a whole other show based just on uh, our musical preferences. <laughs> we'll save that for later. We're talking WrestleMania here today. You were there. You got to be there in the flesh. Talk to me about the entire fan experience that you had. And you also had some great interviews, too, that we'll get into. But from the fan aspect of just being there and enjoying the show, what, what was your big takeaway? It was such a great time. Like, it was such an enjoyable show. I was only there for night one. I had to fly back a little bit early to be back in New York for some interviews and stuff. But I've been lucky enough to go to seven WrestleManias, a couple as wow. a fan, and then a couple with Barstool Sports to, like, cover the event. And this was, honestly, I would put it, like, number two, only next to WrestleMania 31 in Santa Clara. That just felt like a special night. You know, Seth Rollins cashing in to end it mm -hmm. uh, on, on uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. That was a classic. But, man, it felt like WWE really, like, aimed to please the fans this weekend, which sometimes it sounds silly to say, but it doesn't always feel like that. I and both know. nights of WrestleMania, even after night one, I was like, how do they top that night two? And I don't know if they topped it, but night two was really enjoyable as well. All of the celebrity matches were good. Logan Paul, Pat McAfee, if you want to call him a celebrity, I know he's with the company now. Um, Johnny Knoxville, that was incredible. Sami Zayn pulling a classic out of him. So, man, I, I loved it. My big takeaway, though, Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold. That's a oh WrestleMania God. moment I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. Yep, agreed. It, it really was such a special moment. We were getting into it a little while ago, and that'll be something that we all yeah. remember. But, um, I mean, more than anybody, of course, Kevin Owens, for him to have that moment, for him to, really, like, really get to shine in that moment, get to main event WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin as, like, uh, you know, we, we, I, I think Kevin and I are about the same age. And it's like, you know, you grow up idolizing and loving Stone Cold. You would never imagine that that opportunity would come around for him to be able to do that. And I, I couldn't be more stoked for him to be able to be a part of that. Um, okay, so you cover all aspects of the fight world. Where does Logan Paul stand for you in terms of, uh, of the celebrity matchup in WWE? Man, I hate to say it. He earned my respect. He really did <laughs> at WrestleMania with his heel work, doing the Eddie stuff, doing the three amigos, I the shimmy know. on the top rope, the frog splash. It looked great. It felt it like did. he kind of found his footing like mid-match. Like the first couple minutes of it was like, all right, yeah, he looks a little green in there. I think he got in the wrong corner at one point. Dominic was like, go to this corner. Your tech corner's <laughs> over there. But like midway through the match, I was like, oh, damn, he's got more heat than anyone on this card. I got to give him his due. He really outperformed expectations, I think. He really did. I know. And I really feel like 
I want to say Bad Bunny was probably the dude that really set the bar in a different level from what we can expect from these celebrity matches because he obviously put in the work. He showed back up at Royal Rumble and was like in like the final six left in the ring or something like something crazy where he was like really showed up. Um, But yeah, I mean, Logan Paul, you know, he put in the work as much as you know, you can talk shit on the Paul brothers as much as we want. But those guys put in the effort. They put in the work. And it makes it kind of hard to continue to talk shit on them. They yeah. really yeah. did it. I mean, it's him and Jake are different animals too, right? Like, yeah. yeah, he's a little more subdued, a little less in your face than Jake at this point. So it's like a little easier to like Logan too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the Miz really- hit him with the skull crushing finale. Place went wild for that too. I was not expecting that. Holy shit. So does this mean that Logan Paul is now he's sticking around? This wasn't just a one and done get that mania payday and get out of there. He's sticking around. He's sticking around. Yeah, maybe a SummerSlam match against The Miz. Yes, might as well. Let's go. Keep it going. Keep that train rolling. Um, And Cody Rhodes showing up on night one. You have a relationship with Cody, right? Did did you almost get hired by AEW? What happened? What's the deal? I think I almost got hired by Cody more than AEW. I was designing gear when I was in high school for wrestlers and just trying to send it to as many indie wrestlers as I could because I wanted to go to shows. And I was like, I'll design your gear and your T-shirts if you just give me a free ticket to your show when you come to town. And I reached out to Cody when he had he had like a separate Twitter account when he was with WWE, like kind of a burner. But it was like wrestling's worst kept secret. Everyone knew it was him. And he said he needed some gear made at when he was Stardust. Wait, what Twitter and account was that? It was like Prince C- CR or something. I can't, like I, Prince okay. Cody Rhodes. Yeah, and like people yeah, just yeah. knew it was him. So I reached out through Pat Buck, who was a producer until just recently at WWE. And mm-hmm. he was a friend of mine through New Jersey. He like trained me to be a wrestler when I was in high school. And I realized this wasn't for me. I'll stay on the opposite side of the barricade. But <laughs> I designed some gear for Cody to present basically to Vince or whoever and say, this is what I want Cody Rhodes to look like in 2016. I think it was, or 2014 uh, as opposed to stardust. And from that moment on our relationship kind of just grew to where he would leave the WWE shortly afterwards. He presented it and they didn't, you know, they said we would rather you be stardust. He walks away from WWE. And and anytime he would come to New York or New Jersey, I would drive him around and sort of like he took me under his wing and taught me the ropes of the business and taught me how to, you know, talk to some people and how to present myself. And I, I've totally, I feel like I owe a lot to like Cody and Kevin Owens as well, kind of play the same role for me. So like seeing both of them shine on night one is crazy. I got, I have chills talking about it. You know, what was the look that you had for Cody that they, uh, they overrode to continue the stardust gimmick going, you know, funny enough. I, I love that the gear I designed, I don't want to say it's like it became what he's wearing today because it's not. He got a much better designer to do it. But the gear I designed all had the eagle from Dusty's boots on it. Mm. And Cody now has that on all of his gear. And I thought that would be a really neat thing. It was actually very inspired by his look as Cody Rhodes before he was Stardust. So it was trunks instead of tights, which he now does the tights and he now does more of the American flag gimmick. I think his gear is phenomenal too. He has some of the best entrance gear in the business and everything. His boots are great. great. So yes, I I wound up doing some shirts for him afterwards too. And, you know, we've kept in touch since great guy. I love the whole nightmare family. What is like your design background for you to be drawing up these designs for gear, for merch and all that? Like what, 
who are you? What are you doing? What is this? <laughs> I had no design background. What it was was I trained to be a wrestler and thought that this was going to be my dream. And when I realized that it wasn't and that I didn't really enjoy it, I wasn't very good at it. I mean, look at my body. I mean, you could have told me that earlier. But hey, listen, I Ellsworth got in Kevin there and Owens. almost won the title. So in fact, I reached out to Kevin Owens at the time, though, and I was pretty depressed. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, for the past, it wasn't always a lifelong dream for me. It was always in the back of my mind. But there was a good solid year where I was like putting on weight, bulking up to go to wrestling school. I thought I was putting everything into this, thought this was going to be my future. I was like, I don't know what to do. And he gave me great words of encouragement, telling me there's so many other ways into the business. You don't have to be a wrestler. You could make it in in different avenues. So I wanted a foot in the door. And I viewed like maybe it was as pro wrestling tees just started. They had just started mm. website. They had no designers on the site. They had maybe two or three. And I was like, maybe I could just start doing this for free. I was drawing with my finger on an iPad and then like converting Whoa. the files into like Photoshop files wow. on my computer later on. And I was trying to do gear as well. And it was just always something I was into. I was such a big Rey Mysterio fan growing up. He would come out in the mm. different superhero outfits for WrestleMania, the different masks. Like I was always super into the gear. And I was sort of faking it till I made it. I, I was taking a key, graphic right? design class in high school. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school and I would get like a request for like, can you make me a Bullet Club parody shirt? I'd be like, yeah. And I'd go to my graphic design teacher and be like, how do I do this? <laughs> That's great. I love that. That's well, awesome. Well, Robbie, I'm still faking it until I make it. So we got that in common. We're here with Robbie Fox from Barstool. Robbie, you were kind of just highlighting your friendship with uh, Cody Rhodes. A lot of questions around Cody right now. I mean, yes, we know he's back. We know he's in WWE, but what does that entail? What's the run going to look like? Is it a championship immediately? What do you want to see out of your friend? What do you want to see about it from the American Nightmare? And what do you think is going to happen? I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a championship run immediately, but I definitely think the championship was probably a big part of him coming back to WWE. If you read the interviews or the interview he did with Schumacher or Helwani, he says in all of them, you know, a big part of this is he wants to win that title that his father and his brother never got to win in WWE. And he's like, I'm superstitious about it. He doesn't even want to say WWE championship. So <laughs> the fact that Vince and Bruce Pritchard and Nick Khan flew down to meet with him and really let him keep the whole presentation of his character, his persona, his gimmick, the same, I think they, they do realize that this is a big deal. The reaction he got at WrestleMania, I think it would be really smart to, to put that title on Cody Rhodes and see what happens. Strap a rocket to him while the iron's hot, you know? Yeah, I do agree with you, right? Like, the time is now for Cody Rhodes, whether you love him or hate him. I don't know if he's going to be a face or a heel. I know he wants to be a face. Maybe that changes the way the the crowd reacts listen i don't know but to your point i don't think you spend the money and i don't know what that money is but it's cody Rhodes didn't come cheap and hey salute to you cody i'm glad he got hey, the bag liberty that goes for needs all some fancy out there. things all right let liberty live <laughs> that's right america <laughs> baby right and, and truly like I'm, I'm really happy for him in that regard right he got the bag he gets to keep his gimmick um you spend that money you present him like you do. I'm with you, Robbie. I don't see how you don't push him to the moon right off the bat and see what you're working with. The question is, is do you think Cody will potentially suffer some of the similar problems he had in AEW in terms of crowd reception, depending on what city they went to? Because, I mean, it was a, it was a talking point, Robbie. 
No, it definitely was. I feel like part of the reason that AEW fans might have turned on Cody, and I've talked to yeah. a bunch of people about this, Cody's segments in AEW sometimes felt disconnected from the rest of the show. Sometimes felt like we were going to the quote-unquote Cody-verse to see what he was up to and then getting back to AEW. Whereas in WWE, I feel like, and people talk about the WWE style, and it's like it's hard to say, what's the WWE style? He kind of fits in that mold better in my mind. He just, the presentation, the way he works, I think it's He's a shiny more and polished is what him. it is, so I think, right? Yes. 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 So I, I think it's less likely to happen. I think it could. And I know he's, you know, so dead set. I'm not turning heel, but heel Cody's so good that, of course, I want to see him no. heel eventually. <laughs> uh, the Roman Reigns situation with the unification of the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship. Um, where do you see that going? And what are you expecting tonight with the, the Raw after WrestleMania? One of the, the biggest nights outside of WrestleMania. It's such a tough situation. Like I was thinking leading into the match, where does this go? Because if Brock were to go over Roman, it kind of goes back to the start, goes back to where we were a few years ago. Roman finally getting the win over Brock in WrestleMania, I think was a good move. I think it was mm -hmm. like, that's a big step on putting him over. But again, going back to the Cody thing, I feel like you almost set that program up. If not immediately, you have Cody do like one program, go right to the title picture afterwards, and you get that big SummerSlam stadium main event, Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. That could be a potential challenger. But right now with Roman, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of people out there that could step up to no. his level and give a believable challenge for yeah. that title. So I don't really yeah, know. I, I think I Cody could be one of those avenues. I agree. You need some, you need that big, new, shiny thing. And it's not that it's just this new, big, shiny thing with Cody. It's that familiarity with him as well in that WWE world. And, uh, yeah, I, I do think that would be a great spot to go because otherwise I just can't see who's the other guy to step up in that position. I think, you know, we've seen enough of Drew in that spot. I think it's got to be somebody else to step in there and, and do that. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens tonight. Uh, also the debut of Veer. What are you expecting for Veer tonight? <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I mean, he, he's coming. He's coming. I could promise that. Uh, it would be very <laughs> funny if they pulled like some sort of Eva Marie type deal and he didn't actually appear. Or, yeah. like, they did the, the Matt Damon on Kimmel where they're like, sorry, yes. we ran out of yeah. time. We can't get to yeah. it tonight. Like, something like that would be funny. I don't know. It's it's also the Raw After Mania crowd. So are they either going to embrace him like Fandango and Veer Mania is going to be the new mm -hmm. big thing? Or are they going right. to turn on him immediately? It's kind of unpredictable. I know it's scary. I'm nervous for him. It's I get so nervous when there's that person's like build up, build up, build up, build up, and it's like oh shit. Now what? Now what are we gonna do? <laughs> um, <clears throat> do you have any of the same concerns of a of what the build up could be for Gable Stevenson? Yeah, I absolutely do. I was actually talking to some non wrestling fans in the Barstool office about that because Gable's technically a Barstool athlete. He's like sponsored by Barstool in a way. So we got a bunch of people in the office. What'd you think of it? What'd you think of it? And I was nervous on night one. Night two, I thought was handled better where he gets to get in the ring, give a suplex. But when Stephanie just came out to announce, like, this is him for the second time, like we got that at SummerSlam too, the whole crowd is just kind of like, all right. Yeah, we, we know. We know he's here. Like, when's he going to wrestle? So if you do too much of that, you do risk the overexposure. You risk the Kurt Angle problem, basically, when he started yeah. in the business. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, but then you look at somebody like Kurt and like a duck to water. There he is. 
but he is such an anomaly. Not to say that Gable Stevenson could not be in that same position, but there's also that shadow has already been cast. Those boots are there to be filled. Of like, can he be Kurt Angle? Can he be the Brock Lesnar? Can he step in and take to this uh, like those other guys have been able to do? So definitely a lot of pressure on him. So it, it, yeah, it makes me a little bit nervous for him. Oh God. Um, before we let you go, let's pivot over to UFC with uh, UFC uh, 273. What are you looking forward to with this card? Man, so much, so much on this card. Chemayev and Burns, I think is one of the most interesting matchups in forever. Like how is Chemayev a minus 400 underdog or favorite, but also I completely understand how he's a minus 400 favorite. Like it's one of those I have, he could go in there and murk burns, but if he doesn't, I wouldn't be surprised. And then Ian Gary's next matchup, huge fan of him from Ireland. Great prospect. We actually like just spoke to him a few minutes ago. Um, just got done with an interview with him and he's fired up, ready to go. Like I like hearing fighters that are so enthusiastic yeah. about fight. We can't wait to get there chomping at the bit. So I think other than like, obviously the main event is an awesome fight. But other than that, I think it's Ian Gary's uh, second UFC fight. His first one at the Garden, great knockout, great, exciting fight. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Irish fighters. Um, it, not, not that she's Irish, but uh, sticking with the, the UK to a degree. With you guys signing Molly McCann, what is she doing for you guys? What is, what is that? So interestingly enough, we don't really know. I think we just signed people and we're like, we'll figure it out later. But like same thing with Patty the Batty, like he yeah. signed to Barstool, but he, he, I don't think he could tell you what he does for Barstool. It's kind of just <laughs> I like, need a job like he, that. he endorses the brand. Right? Yeah. He endorses the brand when <laughs> it comes up and he reps the merch and he does the promo. We do promos for merch and stuff for him, but yeah. There's not necessarily a set thing on what they're going to do. I think they should do a podcast together for yes, us. That would be yes. amazing. You need translation for the Americans. But yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it could be a, a complete and utter shit show in like the best way. Uh, me and uh, Misha had Molly on just uh, last week and she was like in the parking lot of a KFC nursing a hangover. Um, she's an absolute <laughs> gem. I love that chick. She's so She cool. was unreal at the the post fight party just on another <laughs> level. She was she like came into the friends and family room on one of Patty's teammates shoulders demanding chicken wings. She was like, "Give me a chicken wing. Give me a chicken wing." Someone gave her a chicken wing. She took one big bite out of it, just threw it into the crowd behind her. <laughs> How do we get Molly and Nikki A.S.H. into the same room? I feel like those oh two ladies goodness. could be cut from the same cloth, and I would love to see what they are like together in the same room. I, I know <laughs> AEW is bringing over Paige Van Zandt, and they've got some yes. MMA stars over there. Why don't WWE bring over Molly, put them in a tag team? Let's go. Let's do it. I love it. Well, Robbie, thanks so much for hopping on with us. I know uh, obviously you've been busy making your way down to Dallas and now back in New York and hitting the ground and doing all sorts of interviews and whatnot, but looking forward to, uh, to your tweets tonight with Monday Night Raw and, of course, covering UFC 273. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. It was, it was a blast. Definitely. Hey, we got to do each other's shows again at some point or not again. We have to do our shows at one point. I know we got to finally do. We got to talk music. I know. We'll do a whole show. I want to be in your basement. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) All right. I'll catch you later. Thanks, guys. 
Hey everybody, this is Lindsay Rhodes, and with the NFL playoffs underway, what better time than now to check out my podcast, The NFL Road Show? We're going to break down the biggest games, key players, every angle in between with guests that go past the low-hanging fruit and get to what you really need to know. We'll have new episodes every Monday and Thursday all the way through Super Bowl 56 in my hometown of Los Angeles, so please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions. The return of Cody Rhodes, the American nightmare version of Cody Rhodes back in WWE, the, the same man that, that we saw as one of the founding fathers, the pillars of all elite wrestling, yeah. uh, went back through the forbidden door. Uh, the, that door, I guess, does swing both ways, it turns out. Uh, so really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen tonight. First time in six years that Cody yeah. will be, uh, you know, on WWE programming with a live microphone. I can't wait to hear from him. Um, how, where, how, where does Cody stand for you as a promo? As a promo? Oh, man. When he's on, um, he is able to evoke his blood. I mean, it's in him. <laughs> Right. He's able yeah, to pull yeah. from from Dusty. I mean, you learned from the best. Right. Mm -hmm. So on his best, he 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 lives up to the legacy um, when, you know, when he misses, I think he can miss pretty, pretty hard. And like sometimes, you know, that happens in the business. I, I don't fault him for that. You asked me a, a, a question. How, how what do I think about him as a promo? I think he has the ability to be one of the best in the business. It's a huge night tonight. And one thing. About Cody, uh, he oh I want to say always the ma the vast majority of the time he delivers when the moment is largest. So I would accept I would expect excuse me Renee um, something special tonight. I, I don't know what I don't know in what form capacity. I don't know if it'll just be on a microphone, but um, whatever's to come, I, I would expect big things from Cody. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I I just want to hear from him. I know he's been out doing uh, the rounds in terms of uh, you know media and different interviews and reacting to being back in WWE, talking about his meetings with Vince, with Bruce Prichard, um, just how that all went down in terms of him going back to WWE, um, saying you know he's talked as much trash as one can on their way out and forming <laughs> AEW and then brushing that back under the rug. And you know what? That's just the way the business works. And yeah. it's funny because it's, it's very much so that like never say never and nobody's ever truly gone. No, like that bad blood just doesn't exist. Brett went back. Hogan was back. Like the, it happens. And warrior. You know, as much as warrior. warrior. Exactly. Yes. For like, you know, for guys yeah. to go out and talk some shit and think like, oh, it's yeah. never going to happen or that relationship is completely tarnished. It's like it just it doesn't work that way. And uh, Vince yeah. is definitely not a guy that takes things personally in that regard. For Vince, business is business. And when business is good, it's game on. Don't you think almost on some level Vince respects it more? Yes. Like if you go yes. out and yeah, yeah, and make your name and put yourself over because that line that Corey delivered, he went from undesirable to undeniable. Reeked like yeah. Vince to me. Felt like Vince wrote it, said it in the ear, whatever. I know, I don't know. It just felt like Vince because of the world uh, word undesirable. No, he wasn't. When you had him with Sandow and he was chasing oh, that money in the bank was and he great. was climbing yeah. up that light. When he was climbing up that ladder, I don't know if there was anyone more over. That night, yeah. in Cody Rhodes, yeah. like undesirable he was, was over. a bit now, harsh. Now Stardust is, 
Yeah, yeah. But but I get why they did it, right? Because of, course, of the undeniable of finish. And that's now yeah. linked to Cody. And I, I get it. It was great wording. I'm just saying. Cody Rhodes, uh, you know, has been a part of the company. He's been a star at different points. He's never been hotter. You, you, you paid a lot of money for him. We, proverb, the proverbial we, are going to be seeing a lot of Cody Rhodes on our televisions going forward. Yeah, and yeah, it's, you know, when somebody's stock has risen and their confidence is meeting yep. what their talent is as well. You, you know, I, I think Cody has always known how good he is. And obviously with the lineage that he comes from, there's that, you know, the, the yep. boots to fill with that. And he has been, uh, you know, living in the shadow of that specter. So he said for, you know, the last 16 years. So for him to have, you know, bought into himself and invested in himself and decided to walk away when the timer's right. Like I will, I'll always remember that of being, at WWE, and I remember um, when Brandy finding out that Brandy had also asked for her release, and knowing that that happened, that little domino effect yeah. between the two of them, that they were on their way out, and it really just had this feeling of like, oh shit, like Cody is leaving, leaving. He's done. He, he's asked for his release. They've granted it. And that was like really during a time that it was, I mean, obviously it wasn't like it is now where you hear more about right. people asking for the releases or, or mass people are being released the way they are. It was. You know, done it at a time that it it was its own standalone moment that really kind of shook um, that that foundation quite a bit. So to feel that that was going to happen, and then seeing them showing up on different indie events and showing up in New Japan and showing up in all these different promotions to then the announcement of AEW, uh, to, you know, even going back to the match that he had with Nick Aldis, um, you know, he he's yeah. had these really great moments, um, and he's. Yeah, it, it's just I, I love being able to see him in this spot. And then for that moment to come again at at this point in his career where it just felt like it was time to go, as he said. I mean, I don't know what happened between him and AEW, between him and the other EVPs, between him and Tony Khan. I have not a clue. But um, for him to know that it was time to come. And I saw in one of the interviews that he did saying um, it was the easiest decision that he's ever come to was to go back to WWE. Uh, and, you know, things change. Things change. People change. Attitudes change. The business has changed. Sure. And, yeah, especially now, too, it's like he's teased retirement a lot as well. So is this going to be that last final run where it's like, all right, I signed a, a three-year deal, a five-year deal. I, I would imagine it's maybe more on the five-year side. I, I don't know. But, you know, if he wants to end on that note, he wants to get as much money as he can. He's got a kid. I don't know if they're having more kids. I don't know what that deal is, but you want to get in there and you you kind of you want to be able to invest in yourself and be able to have the last laugh at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it's 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 like with Rob, what Robbie said. What Robbie from uh, Barstool said, "You got to strike while the iron is hot." And, and, yeah. and that's the thing is, uh, 2016, Cody was hot, man. When he left the WWE, you talked about the whole run through the independence scene and even the match with Nick Aldis and the list, man. When he made that list and he put that on Twitter, it was a W. For those that don't remember, uh, Cody made a list when he left the WWE and had all the top pro, uh, indie pro wrestlers on the list. And it basically said, I want to go do pro wrestling and not sports entertainment. Who's Here's who I want to – Who's here is who I want to test myself against. Excuse me. Yeah. It's Monday, like you said. Been a long week, right? Um, <laughs> and then that was kind of <laughs> – <laughs> and, and, and it's like you said, right? Like – 
it, he it, he wanted this. He went out and he did it. But the thing that hit so much about 2016, that's evolution, man. That that not evolution. Excuse me. That's uh uh you know the what did they call him and uh, Junior with uh, Randy, whatever the hell. It was. Oh, legacy, doesn't matter. Legacy. He was a system guy. Thank you, legacy. He was yeah. a system guy. He was a WWE guy. He was a sports entertainer through his core. But we felt, and we knew it, right, that that's what he was. And so did he. And he wanted to be something more. And he went out and he did it. And I'm not saying he's the Blackpool Combat Club. I'm not saying that, you know, there's always different styles, right? But Cody Rhodes went out, reinvented himself, became a pro wrestler in the truest sense of the word, left Left AEW with honestly, Renee, the best match of his career, in my opinion. Oh my god, and that's that a match huge with him and Sammy, Sammy Guevara, Guevara was unbelievable. Yes. Agreed, unbelievable. Agreed. So, um, let's see what they do with him. He's uh, he's got a lot of stock. Uh, he, he can capitalize in a big way. Shit, Renee, he already has capitalized in a big way. The bag's there. Now it's all Certainly. about. So, what know, what yeah. do you think this means for AEW? What do you? And I mean this in mm. terms of like what. What is WWE going to, are they looking to, is this truly in its form? Just like we have WWE as Cody Rhodes. We're going to push him to the moon. We're going to give him these things. We're going to turn him into the star that he was meant to be. Or is there the other side of this as well, where it's like, all right, we got one of your guys. We got him back. Are there going to be stones thrown towards AEW? Is this going to be made an example of, of that? I don't know. I think you're kind of throwing a, you're kind of throwing shade when you use the entrance and you use the music, right? Right. There, there's kind of like, haha, we got your guy. We got, you know what I mean? There's kind of that already happening. Whether he brings it to a live microphone, I don't particularly think so because I, okay, I don't buy the company line that no one's paying attention to AEW and Vince is just doing his thing and it's this, I believe he's paying attention, but I also, I don't think he cares that much enough to bring it to live television to draw attention to a company that's doing, you know, good things. But I, I don't think the rivalry between WWE and AEW is what uh, it's certainly not what the fans think it is. You know what I mean? I think for the majority of everyone in pro wrestling, it's just business. It's all about the bag. Get the bag. Everyone understands it. And no one understands it more than Vince McMahon. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do. I, yeah, I think I kind of like waffle back and forth on this one. Where like, I, I yes, I yeah. definitely people are keeping him up to speed on what's going on with AEW. Do I think Vince is actually watching it week to week and seeing what's going on? Right. Probably not. But someone's someone's Probably cluing him in as to as to what's going on. And uh, yeah, but like we were saying before too, it's like business is business, and I don't think anyone's ever taking things personally. I don't know. I waffle back and forth on this one because I there is a little bit of a part of me that's like, oh, I don't know. It's like this is a huge well, moment. Yeah. I mean, you, and you're right. That, that is the key. We have never seen this. I talked about it being the first arrow slug in the battle. It is. Yeah. You can take Cody yep. and the throne and all that other nonsense and stick it up your ass. Like, that was just sort of storytelling. I don't think that was, like, really, like, them trying to do much with it. This mm-hmm. Was Vince, it, he didn't need to smash a throne. He just gave him $7 million or whatever he's getting paid. Gave him a fat-ass payback. It was like, yeah, I can do this to MJF too. I can do this to right. anybody you want. Now, so can Tony, which is why with MJF's yeah. bidding war of 2024 is so amazing. <laughs> and it's also why 
I'm excited. You're excited because we remember WCW. Mm-hmm. We remember the Monday Night Wars. We remember when people used to have their Sega Genesis or their Super Nintendo or their Pe- <laughs> Pepsi or the Coke. Well, they still do, right? We remembered <laughs> when there was competition and there was a choice and that people were pulling from different rosters. We've got it again. I'm thinking about, my God, what would MJF and AJ Styles be like or what would so-and-so be like? I'm doing that again for the first time in 20 years, and I'm so fucking happy. What a bunch of marks we are. We yes, love it. Yes, well, I am. You're not. Yeah, I <laughs> no, am. I'm a mark. I am too. You're, we all you're are. Renee. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Serious XM Podcasts.